You're listening to the Pints and Provisions Podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot some. I can't remember. All right, we're going to finish out with a little beer trivia. A little bit of a taste of some trips that uh, I should say going to be a little going to be wow. a little. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, it's the best beer in the world ever made on the planet. I would say the blueberry muffin. I think yeah, I think generally we've got a much better waveform than last time because we were we were recording out of my computer. I had forgotten to um, switch over the input to the mixer, and it sounded really bad. But that was my fault. I just didn't pay enough attention. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Pints and Provisions, episode 30. Recording here at Bearded Owl. I know it's been a couple weeks, but we are very glad to be back. I'm Evan. Ryan is to my left. Say hi, Ryan. Ready to go. Uh, Luke is our guest joining us, guest host today. Luke, how you feeling? What up? Hello. And then we have the Brewers Extraordinaire here at Bearded Owl, PJ and Nick. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo. Um, one of the uh, reasons we wanted to come down here, talk to Nick and PJ, was about our experience brewing this collab beer and how it's been tasting, how it's been doing. Uh, but as usual, let's start off what everybody's favorite beers of the week are. So, Ryan, I'm going to let you go since you're to my left. All right. Mine is uh, by New Glarus Brewing out of New Glarus, Wisconsin, and their 2018 Cranbic uh, is one that I had over the weekend. That uh, Cranberry Lambic? It's a Cranberry Lambic style or uh, sour, whatever you want to call it, because usually Lambic is reserved for, uh, for Belgium, but yes. uh, it's a 6% uh, fruited ale, uh, oak-aged, and uh, it was delicious. And Ironically, it was their annual cranberry fest up there, so it wasn't uh, timed up with that. Big but cranberry guy. It was it was a, a fun fun time going up to northern Wisconsin around that same time, and not coincidentally, that was my favorite beer of the weekend. So this was also in conjunction with your cranberry fest when you were there this weekend. No, no, I had it. Okay. I had it this weekend, but not at the cranberry fest. So New Glarus did not have any beers at the festival besides. Uh, Spotted Cow, which is kind of their uh, flagship. Yeah, um, yeah. But I had a bottle of this and just kind of brought it up because it was uh, right one of the beers I've I've been meaning to drink that's been in my fridge for a while, and it was good timing with the fall and everything else. And it's yeah, just cranberries nice, good for that. Nice fruity berry, a um, little bit sour, but you can definitely get all the the fruit flavors out of it. So it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, it's hard to New Glarus. It's hard to have a bad beer from them. So, all right, Luke, I'll let you go next. Sure. Um, first off, shout out to you guys. It's been I've been listening to the pod. It's really good. So <laughs> cheers to you. Well, welcome. It's Salud. nice to have you here. Salud. Welcome. You know, I actually have two. That's okay. And <clears throat> the first of which we, we you can actually find in town here might be at Friar Tuck, but I know for a fact it's there at uh, uh, Fox Pub. Mm-hmm. And it's called Mosaic Saison from Anchorage Brewing. Uh, we took part in this, Mr. Abbott. And, brother, I'm telling you, freaking explosion of flavor. So good. I'm, I'm, I was in love with it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, a, it's a, I believe, a Belgian Saison. Uh, just a fantastic beer. What threw me for a loop was that I thought it was a smaller bottle but it ended up being about a you thought it was a, a five dollar draft exactly. and they brought out a 25 dollars 700 that's right oh bottle. nice well hey <laughs> i went in rome yeah so that was lovely so it got consumed pretty quickly we we took it down we took <laughs> it down the uh the other one is uh, uh called spirit animal by uh blue owl brewing and this is out of austin, austin texas. texas and uh uh just a delicious like summertime uh, drink and I uh, I fell in love with it the first time I had it. 
I've since had it a couple of times and, and most recently here probably in the last six weeks. So shout out to Austin uh, uh, and, and this new brewery. I would say probably it's a couple, two, three years old. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, they've got a lot of good sours that come out of uh, Blue Owl down there in Austin. Sure. So very nice. Yeah. Nice yeah. couple rounded out. All right. Nick, you want to go next? Or PJ, are you primed and ready? No, go ahead, Nick. You know, I I can't. Uh, they had thousands in the past. I don't week. get no. out. Of, I don't. I don't get out a lot. So my favorite <laughs> beer is going to come from the bearded owl in house. There we go. No, I want to say this this beer that we made together. This is my favorite beer. This is what I drink when I'm in here working. Um, I just think it turned out really well, and uh, you know, I, I I love the the melon aspect of it, and so I'm going to pick that as my favorite beer. Awesome, awesome. Well, we got plenty of time to talk about that. All right, PJ, you're up. Well, I'm, I'm going to cheat, too. I'm going to say my favorite right now is, is the Hoosier Dunkel by yeah. us. It, it's just turn, turned out to be one of my favorite beers that we've made here. It, it's just enough malt. It, yeah. it's, it's everything I wanted it to be. Yeah. Well, those two choices from you two do just like make a, make a lot of sense. I know Nick is a big hazy IPA guy, and I know... PJ always likes the, the darker, more malty beers, and so that doesn't surprise me at all. And both are a couple of my favorites coming down here, too. Yeah, and that Hoosier Dunkel, it's only 5.1%. It's so easy to yep. drink, but it's got so much flavor. Um, I've had it a couple times already, and um, I got a crawler to go last time I was here. Uh, so I've been, I've been drinking a lot since you guys have had it on. It's just delicious. Yeah. So Hoosier Dunkel? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mine came, and this was a, this was more for the experience um, that I was having during drinking this beer. But uh, I was enjoying the Deschutes Obsidian Stout, and I was at the uh, Telenet UCI Cyclocross World Cup race that was in Iowa City a couple weeks ago. And if you ever want to, you know, Google Cyclocross and check out what Cyclocross is, these guys are professional bike riders that decide to get on, you know, road bikes with studded tires and ride around in the rain, mud, dirt. Uh, jump over barriers, go up hills, uh, carrying their bikes up the hill, go down the hill. They got 10 pounds of mud caked all over their bikes, and it kind of turns into this big you know, party for everybody watching. And so Deschutes was sort of the, uh, the brewery supplying all the beer for the event, and so it just kind of went well with the, the situation. And uh, because it was rainy and cold, a stout was going down real good. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so... Our opportunity about a month ago to come down here was to do a lot of cleaning, help you guys take the day off. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, you know, everything that you'll hear from a brewer is uh, mostly going to be, you know, oh, gosh, I bet it's really fun making a lot of beer. It's like, yeah, it is. But it's a lot of cleaning. Um, but we came down and did a little collab beer. And I think that um, people in Peoria and the surrounding areas have uh, hopefully now had a little bit of chance to enjoy it if they've come down here. So... Um, I guess I'll let either Nick or PJ, you guys can talk a little bit about uh, what made this beer different and what made it a little bit special. Well, you know, and, and Evan, you get a little credit for this too because, you know, we, we had a, a big text chain back and forth and we kind of hammered out the, the logistics for this beer. And I, I think one of the things that uh, we hadn't necessarily done for a hazy IPA is use, you know, Pilsner Base Malt. Um, and I think it does a, a really good job of, of highlighting, you know, the, the melon flavor, um, highlighting the hops that we use in this beer. Um, and that's the other big, big thing that, you know, we had never used either of these. We actually, we, this was a brand new beer for uh, all around because we hadn't used that, that, uh, that, uh, the grain profile. We hadn't used mm -hmm. the two hops, Belma and Azaka, and we had not used the yeast, which is a, a great little yeast, um, you know, from bootleg biology that, that puts off a little bit of a mango flavor. So I, I think all those things together, um, really, really draws out that melon flavor and, uh, you know, and pulled it together. Um, but for us, it was it was a lot of fun, um, you know, to brew with you guys and, and Evan just going back and forth and trying to design this beer. That that was fun for me to bounce ideas off <laughs> of you and you know and all that too. So, um, you know, good job to you guys. Yeah, it was fun, and we uh, we decided on the name. Eventually, it was funny. We had a tech, we have a text chain with all the um, uh, podcast guys, and, and when and we, when you guys were uh, creating the recipe, uh, Evan tried asking us for feedback, and we just kept saying, look. You're you're kind of the master scientist here. Uh, we 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 trust you and Nick plenty, and you guys can decide it. And whatever Nick, PJ, and and the bearded owl guys want to do, uh, we're totally totally fine with that. But we did decide a hazy IPA was all like most. We knew all, all we were going to be allowed houses. to do was clean anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
And um, we had a text chain going about the name of the beer, too. And it's, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, they love, you know, pop culture references. Um, like the Carl Spackler is one of my favorite names that you've guys given a beer because it is a very, like, sort of second, third tier reference that I think, you know, goes well with uh, your guys' style and naming beers. And as soon as I, I thought about a couple of movies, it was Daniel, um, who's my spirit animal, by the way. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why don't we just use, did we just become best friends? Which is great because, yep. yeah, <laughs> yep. Because it just encompasses, you know, the ability of us to get together as friends and brew, make a recipe, have some fun. Uh, and that's what, you know, I think it just kind of made sense. So cheers to Daniel coming up with the name. All right, Daniel. Yeah, cheers, Daniel. And just for the record, it, it took PJ and I about 3.5 seconds to say, yep, that's it. You know, <laughs> with a lot of these names, we struggle with the name sometimes, but when you hear it, you know that's the right one. And then with, when with that name, it was perfect. Yeah, we all kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. It's very fitting. Yeah. Uh, Mark and I had the opportunity the first time to come down and have a little bit of the beer. Um, that was about a week ago. You guys have had it out for like 10 days or so, I think. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, and we had it for the first time, and man, it just smacks you in the face with a lot of great melon flavor, which was really interesting with the hops. And, you know, for the technical aspect of it, I think that Belma hop that we had decided on had a lot of interesting, unique uh, qualities like some berry melon that you don't get with a lot of the typical uh, you know hops that people use and so it was just fun to use something different there and boy did it turn out really melony yeah and the the azica hops kind of gives a little bit of that like an earthy finish almost kind of in the kind of on the back end um, but i think the the combination is really nice i mean i don't think it tastes like sometimes they people might read it and think it's like uh fruited melon style or you know a milkshake IP or anything like that I mean it's definitely not the melon's not in your face I mean you definitely get a good amount of bitterness I think it's 52 IBU so I mean it's perfect balance between that fruity haziness um, but then with a nice bitter backbone so I think it turned out fantastic and I'm going to get a few crawlers to go and <laughs> I've already had a few people text me that uh, don't live in Peoria and want some mailed to them so I might leave here with several crawlers to go and that, that, that's a favorite thing with mine is, is friends of mine ask me, what melon did you use? Exactly. There's no melon in it. Right. It's all the hops and the, and the yeast that did, did the magic. That's the cool part about it is you can create a beer that reminds you so much of something just by using the four ingredients. I think that's what was fun. Um, I did like the, the use of that bootleg biology. I know they're pretty well known as kind of being a boutique kind of craft yeast maker for craft brewery so that was i think fun for i'm sure you guys too to toy around with another yeast uh, but we need to get i know daniel needs to get a crowl i'm pretty sure mark might have drank the crowler that was for him i know this he drank weekend. the one that was for me because <laughs> he was enjoying okay. it so there's much plenty, like, there's plenty still to go around and oops i have to I'll get have another one to go home. luke did you have a chance to try it let me tell you i'm just if i give a shout out to the bearded owl if if you're listening to this pod right now and you haven't drank this delicious beer, uh, it's off the hook. It's delicious. <laughs> and it's as if you're transported to New England drinking all of their IPAs all at once. So much, much, much love to these guys. Collaboration. You guys are getting it done. I'm just drinking it. So much, much appreciated. Yeah, it was uh, in. You know, I know the experience of brewing, how much cleaning it takes. Uh, Ryan, did you know what it was going to take in terms of? Yes and no. I mean, I would say uh, I've always heard, you know, it's 90, 95% cleaning. So I kind of envisioned that in the back of my head, but you don't really know it till you go through it. And um, I think I told Evan that I was going to be a little late, maybe an hour or so. And he said, oh, he said, that's, that's basically when we'll be getting started. So there's no problem <laughs> did, with did, that. Didn't and you come in with the boots full of mud? I did, so there was extra cleaning because uh, the last time I'd used my, my waterproof boots or shoes or whatever you want to call them, they were, uh, yeah, at like a muddy music festival or something. Yeah. And you know, Actually, it might have been from Dark Lord Day now that I think about it. Oh, boy. It, from like two years ago, but yeah, so we had extra cleaning because of me, and that wasn't the best way to get started, but uh, scooping out the, uh, all the grain and everything else, I mean, there's... A lot of work involved from a cleaning perspective and uh yeah it's it's amazing how much work really goes into just brewing you know making good fermented liquid here 
And so typically you guys are looking at a beer like that probably three or four weeks turnaround between when you brew it and when it's ready for consumption? Yeah, typically. Um, you know, yeasts are different, uh, so it just depends on, on how quick the yeast can work. I mean, these new Kvikes, you know, from Norway <laughs> can destroy a, a, a beer in about three or four days, and we're, we're experiencing some of that with some of our beers. So it just depends on the yeast. But um, for something that you dry hop a lot, which this falls into that category, yeah, I'd say, you know, th- th- three weeks is probably a good baseline, give or take a few days on either side. Yeah, I think that's good. Most people always ask me, you know, oh, how long is it, you know, do you, does it take to get one ready? Or, you know, oh, you go down there, when is it going to be ready? And I think a month is a fairly good, at least at home, to carbonate it and have it really ready. Seems to be about right, three or four weeks. And I think a lot of people don't know it takes actually that long. And sometimes, like with these stouts, um, higher ABV beers, it may even take a little bit longer. Yeah, you've had some 9 or 10% stouts you made, Evan, that have taken Couple probably two months, if not more, to Couple fully months. be ready to drink. Yep. Yep, got one in the fermenter now. It's been about, oh, it's been about a month and a half now. I'm, uh, I'm about ready to, to adjunct the hell out of it with some uh, van- vanilla beans <laughs> soaked in bourbon. We'll see. I'm just going to try to make a, a mini hangy for you, Ryan, because I know that's the best beer in the world ever made. On the planet. <laughs> On the planet. In the universe. <laughs> do, you, do you brew a lot? Uh, when I can. When I, get, when I get the hall pass to do it, I'm, wow. I'm, I try to. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, every couple months, like, I probably do a beer every two months, maybe, awesome. you know, and that's, that's lucky for me. Sure. So, but it, it sure is fun when you get to do it. Yeah, man. A lot of work, but Hey, take notes from, uh, our boys yeah, well, you know, it, it is interesting watching, you know, brew on the big system. Cause when you're at home, you're doing these small things and you can make small adjustments on the fly pretty easily. But we were dealing with some massive amounts of, uh, malt and massive amounts of, uh, liquid too, hot liquid. But you guys got a system down. It was interesting and fun to watch how you guys can move things from one place to another. Still takes a full day, though. Still takes a full day, a full work day. Um, Next up, maybe talk a little bit about your guys' experience at GABF, which is the Great American Beer Festival, probably one of the biggest, um, you know, small craft brewery festivals, well, probably the biggest in the country. Out in Denver. So you go out to Denver. You guys are there for the first time as... Um, brewers as a brewery uh, what was it like I'll start off because I'll be quick uh, <laughs> PJ was a rock star out at GABF so I'm, I'm gonna let him do the, the bulk of the discussion here but it was a good time uh, for me four days is a, is a little crazy to, to you know to do the same thing over and over but we had a great response with our beers you know it was fun to, to meet to meet a lot of the brewers and, and people from some of the bigger you know breweries that we've grown up you know watching and and wanting to, you know, to, to, to emulate. And um, I had a great time. I know it doesn't sound like it based on what I'm telling you right now. Um, you know, I woke up on a cot in the front yard one day, so that's great. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it was a good time. It was a spectacle. Um, but PJ was, like I said, PJ was a rock star of the, of the whole trip, so I'm going to let him uh, give you his take. Okay, so, so when I, I saw went- your check-ins, <laughs> PJ, so I know you had a pretty good time. Yeah, I, I had a couple beers there. <laughs> uh, the the, the fir- first thing I notice is, you know, I'm used to the pure beer fest, which which for what we're used to is a wonderful beer fest. They had more volunteers working there than usually show up at the pure beer fest. Yeah. That's just the volunteers Jeez. helping pour. I think uh, the number is 3,000 people show up to the beer fest. 62,000 people show up at this beer fest so wow wow. that's like three times the size of my hometown yeah showing up for a beer festival yeah it's incomprehensible and and everybody is just there to celebrate beer there there's no attitudes everybody oh you bump into somebody i'm sorry everybody's okay with it yeah but but some of the best beers i've had in years i i had there and was that both your first times being there yes okay And all four days, is it different beers each day, or is it the same beers for the most part, and you just have four for days the, to get around to them all? For the most part, all the beers are there the first day, and and then it dwindles down. Okay. Um, Very interesting. From a... 62 uh, people, wow. So you man your little um, stand. You know, you have your little tent, your little area. You, you're standing there. you got volunteers helping pour, so all you, do, all you get to have the opportunity is then to talk to people. 
correct? That gives you a much better opportunity to start talking to people it, rather than it, you it, pouring beers. It was wonderful. The, the, the couple of the volunteers that were next to us were originally from, from Galesburg. And so they found out we're from Peoria. They're like, oh, my gosh, oh, nice. we're going to send our family over there because they tried all our beers. You guys are wonderful. All the questions were, when are you distributing to Colorado? Well, that's great. Yeah. And, and I get back the next day, and I go to my day job, and I get pictures of our booth. And it was friends of theirs from different states that had shown up. Yep. It was surreal is, is, is really the word for it. Yeah. And you guys got a little shout-out through one of the, was it the Denver magazines about, you know, some of the cooler names for your Mike Tyson's voice, I think it was. Yeah, it was a, it was a Denver uh, like a, a dining out magazine, and they okay. they, uh, they ranked our beer or our beer name in the top eleven of GABF, which was like over four thousand beers. So that was pretty cool. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Congrats, <laughs> you know, I, man! I don't know what else to say about it. I wish we would have won, you know, an award for the actual liquid, but uh, but we'll we'll take we'll take that. Yeah, any pub is good pub. Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson's voice also got a shout out on uh, guys drinking beer or guys drinking the Chicago yes. um, blog. Yeah. yeah, they they threw us a shout out today as well. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty great. big one too. Yeah, they they they're pretty pretty well respected there in Chicago. Met those guys when we were at Dark Lord Day because um, my photography buddy does uh, does work for them. So right. very nice guys. Um, so, yeah, you're there for four days. And I know four days, like if it was a music festival, it can be kind of long. Four days for a beer festival. Four days for, well, just about any kind of festival could kind of, you know, wear on you. But, you know, that's a great experience. And I think that um, you guys getting there, even getting a name recognition pub, getting a lot of good feedback. I'm sure um, talking to a bunch of people. Anything in particular talking to some of these guys that um, you've always looked up to in the beer world that you kind of got a little interesting perspective from? Uh, well, I mean, you know, most of it was just polite conversation. Uh, for me, I got to hang out with a friend of mine who who is a general manager at a brewery in a, in San Francisco or south of San Francisco, called Loma Brewing Company, and um, so we got uh, we went to a party by Brooklyn Brewing that was really cool, and I got to to pick a lot of people's brains there. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was such. I mean, everybody was drinking, right? So. <laughs> You know, you talked to a lot of people, and you got to you got to have conversations with people that you know that worked for breweries that you've always respected. But if you're asking me if I remember much of it, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I remember bits and pieces. I was going to say, I bet the um, like the late night food and the hangover industry do really well out in Denver for that week or weekend. <laughs> Don't you think? I think it already does in the city of Denver. But <laughs> I guess probably. I'm sure, that helps. Like those mobile IV, you know, hangover uh, buses that can kind of, right. you know, they throw an IV in you oh, and yeah. they can kind of replenish your liquids for you. See, I, I, I think each of the nights that I left, I hit at least three breweries after the festival. You're an animal. God bless you. You're an you. animal. God bless you. <laughs> we always talk about how, um, I, I know Dan's mentioned a few times and just different beer festivals that we've gone to where it's so many beers that you have available to you that you you know, you can't drink them all, obviously, and there's always some great ones that you'd never heard of that you'll for sure remember and never forget about. That's what I love about PJ, though, is he thinks he can drink them all. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. So maybe he I really tried. So maybe Nick could, but are there any that you do remember that were standouts, or did PJ drink too many, or did Nick not drink enough? Or The, the, the couple that Cigar City put out with the uh, – that they did in conjunction with uh, Jameson were fantastic. And Jameson Whiskey? Yes. Uh, another one was the uh, Milk Stout from Dra- Dragon's Milk. New Holland. Banana Coconut. Oh, nice. Banana okay. Coconut. It was wonderful. It's like a pina colada kind of. Yeah. Their Dragon's Milk variants have really become a big hit across and the beer scene. They, they had like 10 variants there. Wow. Nice. Good Amazing. God. I don't recall any of the individual beers, but I do want to give a shout out to <laughs> to True Brewing. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're they're a legit operation there in Denver, and and I enjoyed the I enjoyed everything there. The, the beers were good. Um, the atmosphere was awesome, and that was one of the highlights for me. Well, and we've kind of we had an episode where we just talked about how the the hype train kind of kind of gets out of control at times and whatnot. And you look at the award winners for GABF and 
a lot of them are not going to be ones that people be trading beers for on Beer Advocate or nope. the different social media sites. And um, the hype train isn't really out on a lot of them. Um, and so it's just amazing how many different breweries are really out there putting out great stuff. And unless you go to their tap room, they really might not have much to distribute or get out there to um, to the, the kind of broader base uh, beer scene. You know, Brink Brewing, we, we yeah. had on at one point uh, not too long ago, and they won the... The award for the very small, brewery. very small brewery. I think they're like a fifteen-barrel brew house, and they um, won in their division. Which, you know, this is a guy that I actually know, who's the owner. His brother brews, and you know, they won like two medals, and they won for very best, you know, brewery. And that's just awesome for them. You know, yeah. they've they've got a really interesting story behind them. So, you know, good for them. Um, I think that, you know, at at, at a at GABF, you know, you talk about, you know, New England IPAs, and Luke said, oh, you know, you go to New England, have the IPAs. But I think that this was the first year that they had New England IPAs as a category and not, and what was it, Alvarado Street Brewery won for best New England style IPA, was it? Or it wasn't, it wasn't a New England brewery. It wasn't New England, I remember that, yeah. Or it was, a, it was. a bunch of Chicago breweries cleaned up yeah. on New England IPAs. I don't remember who won, but I do know I do know that the New England IPAs was the biggest category this year. Shocker. So for the first time in a long time, several years, American IPA was not the biggest category, um, which was, you know, different. Yeah. So New England IPA's first time as a official category. Was not won and by a New England They became the biggest one right off the bat. Oh, that doesn't surprise which me at all. Which is not surprising at all. Yeah, yeah. It's was everything DDH? Big. Yeah. You know, you didn't see a lot of that, but... But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just assumed at this point that everything's DDH. DDH, yeah, yeah everything's DDH. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so, are you guys going back next year? Submit a couple <laughs> other uh, beers, and Nick will say. Well, no, it's not that we don't want to go back. Yeah, you know, we're, yeah, we're, you we're, want to go back. We're, we're a tiny little brewery, right? We're, we're small in the grand scheme of things, so it'll come down to whether we think it's, uh, you know, uh, worth the money, I guess, is what I'm, where I'm sure. going with that. Um, you know, there's... We'll definitely enter our beers into the competition. Yeah. Whether we go back remains to be seen, but, um, you know, it was an expensive trip for a small brewery. Yeah. If we don't go at back as a brewery, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Is that. it hard to get <laughs> tickets for from drinkers? For, from what I heard, the, the past couple of years they sold out real quick, okay. but they put in anti-scalping measures oh, in this okay. year. So, so they didn't sell out That's as fast, and people were worried about that, but it was the anti-scalping measures they put in place. Yeah, that's only got to be a, a good thing for that. Yeah. Great. Yeah, What's open up? it up. Okay. If uh, Pines and Revisions wants to sponsor a trip next year, I would, I would definitely, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I would join in that. Hey, we, hey, we get, you know, we get, we get, to get a Patreon, you know, page started in order to do that. Then we can start flying <laughs> some of us out. So. <laughs> Yeah, right Go now it'll be for Pints of Provisions <laughs> to sponsor a local brewery. Yeah, sponsor right. the local brewery. If we, yeah, we'll make another collab beer, you know, and enter it in. There we go. Did we just become best friends again? <laughs> yeah. Dude. I think it should be called Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> <laughs> so much room for activities. Yeah, so much room. <laughs> DDH, did we just become best friends? <laughs> do you, do you want to go do karate in the garage? <laughs> just call it DDH, DDH. That's right. Yeah, our double dry hub, double dry hub. Okay, why don't we take a little pause, and I think we wanted to kind of end talking a little bit about stout season. I think it's now stout season, although it was like 85 degrees out today, which didn't feel like stout season, I guess, unless you're in Florida, but it's stout season. In 36 hours, or actually, no, I think about 28 It'll be 50 hours degrees. from now, it's going to be 40 degrees. Yeah, so. I'm all for it, all go. for it, pump for <laughs> it. Okay, all right, we'll be back. All right, back at it. Here we are at Stout Season. So um, I actually also for Side Beer 1 had the Sunday morning that you guys put out, the regular Stout, easy like Sunday morning. It's tasting real good. It's kind of like it's good, you know, we're going to drink these big adjunct Stouts, barrel-aged Stouts, and then just to sort of right your ship, go back to drinking Sunday, like Sunday morning by you guys. It's just kinda, okay, okay, here's what a regular roasty, you know, Stout that's not – gonna blow your socks off 12 percent it's gonna taste like so go back to the what is it six six percent perfect all right so i just opened up the henry and Fran siberian kiss it's a little fizzy 
as we popped it imperial stout with maple and espresso 11.5 percent again this is from west boylston massachusetts so right there in the worcester suburbs uh, we've had their skittles goza before skittles goes a couple new england ipas from them so finally get to try a stout and they do just a little ticketed system for all their beer releases because it's so uh, limited in quantity and got a nice setup and yeah uh, thanks to tim for sending this out this is yeah thanks tim this is uh pretty enjoyable it definitely is heavy on the espresso heavy on espresso. it does not taste like 12 percent or almost 12 percent by any means i, I mean, don't it, get yeah i don't get a lot of maple do you is this gonna keep me up all night because of the espresso or what <laughs> i'm telling you it's delicious though the alcohol will god dang. or if you drink enough it'll help you go to sleep <laughs> luckily we only have a couple ounces Honestly, invite me back to the pod. Boy. I will say that some people, when they have have a beer like this, that the espresso in it does impact their sleep a little bit. It does. Like, gets you pumped up. I've never noticed that at all, but gets I you guess pumped uh, up. having an espresso beer, I guess. Like drinking a Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I don't think you get a ton of the maple, maybe a little bit on the very, very, very end, but... The espresso is really, really nice. I mean, the chocolate's good. Probably a little more of the like a sweet, bitter, d- dark chocolate. And yeah, definitely bitter, dark chocolate. Yeah, for me, this this beer is getting better as I as I drink it. Um, first sip, I was I was a little challenged to like it, but um, I think it's really good. It's very actually very well balanced for this big of a beer. They do have um, a peanut butter cup like Reese's peanut butter cup stout coming out so if you go to their website and you want one um, you can buy a ticket you just have to have somebody who lives out in that area go pick it up for you so they will do proxies if you buy one of their tickets uh, for their releases so peanut butter cup I think they went to the grocery store and just basically bought the place out of uh, Reese's By, by the way I'd like to take a poll here for now do you guys call them Reese's or Reese's Pole. I'm a Reese's kind of guy. Thank you. Reese's. Depends how much of a head to drink. <laughs> True. Reese's. No Thank question. You. Thank you. I I have been I've heard both though. incorrectly corrected yeah, by yeah. some people saying, oh no, Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. And I was like, no. No. They're not from around these parts <laughs> if they say that. <laughs> the problem is I think they are. No. No, that's a Midwest thing. Reese's. Reese's. Right? If you're a Reese's, you're from the south or you're from uh, probably out east. I think okay. that's a territorial thing. Yeah. It's kind of like um, what in Wisconsin. But even Reese's, it still doesn't rhyme with pieces. I know, but they'll <laughs> say know, Reese's pieces. And I'm like, no, it's nope. still. Not pieces. It's Reese's pieces. It's like it rhymes. And they're like, no, Reese's pieces. Like, Stop no. it. Get out of here. I don't want to be friends <laughs> with those people. <laughs> Well, it's like, what do they call um, They call a, a, a waterfront a bubbler somewhere? Like, is that like Rhode Island's the only place they call it a bubbler? It's crap like that. I mean, if you aren't drinking pop, oh, again, yeah. pop. I don't so want to. I don't want to rap with you. Coke. Yeah, that's down south. No, we drink pop. Hey, do you wash your clothes or do you wash them? <laughs> we definitely wash our clothes. Well, <laughs> oh, see, in Iowa, you wash. I've heard worse with an R. Yeah. Several times in my life. That is such an Those Iowa thing. We are not rocks. far from Washington, Illinois. <laughs> Washington, Illinois. Down Hell by no. down by the creek. Right. Hell no. The creek runs through your backyard. <laughs> yeah, that stuff my mom says. All right, back to stout season. <laughs> <laughs> stout season. All right. Yeah, the Siberian this kiss. This vocabulary no. podcast is brought to you by Henry and Fran Brewing. <laughs> And if I can, I'd like to rename the beer to uh, Chocolate Cocaine, if that's all right. Oh, all right. (laughs) Well, because it might keep you up all night. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, you know, you're right. I think it's great. It popped with a ton of fizz and it overflowed, but as we sit here kind of just sipping on it, it actually has, you know, kind of tamed itself in terms of the flavors. I think it kind of let it oxygenate, open up a bit. A lot of good chocolate malt. Espresso, not a lot of maple, but I'm getting a little more maple. All right. I get a little maple, but I think I drank all mine. <laughs> there's a little more, PJ. This, I know this is okay. a small bottle, but there's more because we have another one to celebrate hashtag stout season. Uh, Ryan brought the Medianoche from Weldworks Brewing out in 
Colorado, correct? Greeley. Greeley, Colorado. Um, Weldworks is pretty well known for a lot of their beers. They're New England-style IPAs, Juicy Bits. We've talked about that before. Ryan, Media they, Noche. They do that. The Bits series It's a New England-style IPA, and then they do, uh, I think they fruit it, so then they've got some fruity bits. bits. I mean, I don't know how many, but it's probably in the 30 to 40s different styles of that that they do. And um, they do the Acromatic series, which is a base oh, yeah, stout that's, right. that's probably 10 or 11% that they do just crazy adjuncts with. Not, I shouldn't say crazy in, the, in today's world of beer, but uh, a cookies, and cr- you know, cookies and cream and yep. uh, a Mexican style that's uh, cinnamon like and peppers and... Yeah. Uh, well, no one. Goes on and go, I mean, they probably have another pour. twenty or so. The Acromatics, um, and then this Media Noche series, I think, kind of hit the charts last year with a little bit different recipe um, that they changed from previous years. Where I think they went and made the. I want to say the boil for this year's was. I could be wrong, but like thirty-six hours. And last year's, I think, was in the twenty-five to thirty hours. And then uh, this year's is aged for 18 months in uh, Breckenridge, uh, Breckenridge Distillery, I believe it's called, bourbon barrels. So they keep it kind of local. And This is fascinating. for my glass? I brought eight glasses, small good. ones. I'll get one. You brought eight. There are five of us. No, my so math is math. terrible. <laughs> yep, yep. Too much chocolate cocaine. My bad. <laughs> my bad. All right. Well, yeah. We'll just we'll just share it. Yeah. These uh, this is so this is our first barrel aged beer of the podcast. The Siberian Kiss was not barrel aged. Um, Nick, what are you guys? Uh, you guys getting a hold of a few more barrels? I know you've done a couple experimental, you know, you know, split batches. I think in a couple things. Where's your barrel aged like presence? Well, so we would love to do this some barrel aging i mean it's definitely something we talk about a lot um we have space constraints we have a lot of constraints but we're looking at we're trying to look at some alternative methods to inject that wood flavor into beer um so you'll definitely see something of that nature from us soon uh maybe even as soon as you know one of our next stout releases but it's not going to be a full-on barrel aging process at least not yet um but we are working our way you know into that space and uh you know We'll, uh, we'll see if we can come up with something that can kind of mimic that in the meantime. Yeah. And, like, if you're a home brewer, there's the oak chips, wood chips that you can get. I know you can kind of soak them in alcohol. Spirals. Yeah, spirals, those kinds of things that you can um, dictate a little bit. And, Nick or PJ, have you guys done much barrel aging in your homebrew recipes or anything like that? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, not a lot, but I, I, I have a small oak barrel at home that I'd use in the past and Really, I'd split batches and just run off a couple gallons of this barrel and, you know, do it that way. Um, added wood a lot. You know, we all, I used to always add different kinds of wood just from the, the property I live on to the beer, but um, nothing as far as, like, yeah, I've got these barrels. Let's put the beer in the barrels and, you know, do it that way. Right. And I, I had some friends that did some homemade uh, whiskey, which I can't comment. I don't know their names. No, we, we, won't, we won't tell about anybody <laughs> No names, but but they they gave me the staves that they they used nice. to, to age that, and I did a wee heavy with that, and moderate success. It's it seemed it was good up front, but it didn't last long. Yeah, yeah. PJ, how does the either one of these stouts compare to the stuff you were essentially destroying out in Colorado <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks back um, at the Great American Beer Festival? I, I, I would say the second one, what, what's the name of it? Uh, Media Noche. Holds its own against anything I've ever had. It's really good. Yeah. Dynamite. Did, did, did anything really stand out? Maybe not in a, in a good way, but you don't have to name any breweries, of course, but did you just sometimes are like, what the hell are these guys doing? No, I didn't have any bad beers. I had beers that I didn't, didn't enjoy as much. Yeah. But I, I had anything from a uh, morel mushroom saison to the coconut. Uh, yeah, that was good. Mother, what's the name of that place? I can't remember the name of the place. Um, <laughs> to I the coconut banana stout mm-hmm. from, from uh, New, Ho- New Holland. New Holland. 
and it, it was pretty much everything in in between. Yeah. N- nothing, nothing was – I didn't have That's a good. bad beer. That's good. I think, you know, yes, there are a ton more craft breweries now, and I think you're going to start to see – you know, some of these mediocre places not, I mean, kind of survive a little bit just because, you know, probably because people just don't know better and they just think that craft beer, okay, this is going to be good, but it's going to well, start weeding itself out. I, d- I didn't think anybody was going to bring a mediocre beer to the, to no. the Great American Beer Fest. They, no. they, they, and they didn't. And, and even some of the, the thinner beers that you think of that don't have much taste, I had some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful lobsters. Just every style of beer that you can think of, I had a good version of that yeah. somewhere. It's awesome. You guys took out Tropics, Mike Tyson's voice, the Vossel, right? Oh, no, the, the Gruit. Brute. Sorry, the Gruit. Gruit IPA. No, the the Gruit. The Gruit. That's right. Yeah, and then we also took out. You just um, pronounced it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a G. Yeah. Brute, uh, Brute, Gruit. We also took out the Einer Einer Honingol, which oh, is yeah. our it was basically our Vossel with the. Uh, different Norwegian yeast strain and honey and elderflower, and um, we're we're very proud of that beer. Very excited about it. Unfortunately, um, we're sold out of it now, but um, we'll probably do it again. It was, a, it was a really good beer to make, and I, we had a really good response to it out there as well. I have a bottle of it at home that I'm supposed to give to my dad. <laughs> he ain't getting that. I, don't, I don't think he's going to last. <laughs> nope. you no, know, you just invite him over, and yeah. he has to drink it with you. I have one in the cellar and one in the fridge. I kind of want to see how one does oh, cold definitely. and one does. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I've got some too, but I didn't want to offer my personal stash. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fair. How was the Groot received? You know, people liked it. Um, I think it's a really good Groot, and we're definitely going to yeah. do that one again. You know, people around here in Central Illinois that. It's hit or miss. People, people don't really understand it, or they or they love it. But um, I thought it was really well done for us, and uh, I, out there it was pretty well received. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever had the style before. I was kind of familiar with it just probably through Evan and and Mark and Dan and those guys. But um, when we were brewing the beer, PJ, you had recommended that that was your favorite at it, the time it, on tap. It is one of my favorite that that we have brewed. It was uh, challenging. To say the least, I mean, we, we, we put everything but the kitchen sink in there. And, and it was just a, really a fun beer to make. And I think it turned out It wonderful. turned out yeah. great. Yeah, it really did. It was fantastic. Yeah. Cool. So we were talking a little bit earlier about um, maybe some exciting, you know, reach out of central Illinois, not to just the Peoria area for you guys. So hopefully um, if you were, I think the majority of the people who listen uh, are going to be from you know, locally, Peoria area, certainly some people that we know uh, out in other places. But if you're in the area and you're not in Peoria directly and you can't come here all the time, hopefully we'll get to see your guys' beers out in some of the establishments, bars, things like that, right? Soon. <laughs> Soon. Soon. To be determined. Well, yeah, we're, we're working insider on Insider information. Um, we're, we're working on it. I mean, you guys you guys know, you know we're, not a, we're not a big regional brewery. We're, you know, we're pretty small, but... We are working on a self-distribution model, um, and I'd say come 2019, early 2019, uh, you'll see us in some places. It's not going to be very widespread, but uh, we're we're going to try to do some self-distro and get our get our beers out there in some different markets if we can, and um, and uh, see how that goes. So, what does that look like for the one-year anniversary? You guys got big plans? Throw a big party, brew a big beer. We, we've already started discussing this. We we don't have the beer in mind yet but it's going to come soon to us yeah and we discussed it yesterday and, and i think i think i think we might have a beer in mind now i just have to talk to pj <laughs> to make sure we're in agreement not announce it on a podcast before it's finalized well i mean you know it's we're shooting ourselves in the foot because it's about three months away now and yeah. um so any, you know i mean we're within that constraint but i've got an idea and uh, i think it'll work out really well and um i'm not going to announce it here but um, once it becomes, you know, public knowledge. Well, no, not necessarily public <laughs> knowledge. I mean, we, hey, we'd love to come back on another podcast and, and announce it then. But there you um, go. But um, I just want to make sure we can do it for one, um, and and you know, and, and just <laughs> just make sure we can we can pull it off by January twentieth, which is our anniversary. So so, f- so far, everything that's come up with, we did. <laughs> so. 
Nick wears the pants. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I come up with a lot of the yeah, uh, that's right. The the beer design and ideas. Yeah. I uh, I mean PJ's PJ's been instrumental in helping with with everything. But uh, um, yeah. I mean I, I take take pride in designing these beers and and um, yeah. I, I I'm hoping to cook up something nice and and, and fancy for our uh, our anniversary. Amen. Yep. You know what else is about three months away? The Pints and Provisions one-year anniversary I know. Well. It's, that's January it's, uh, as well. January should be an exciting be month. Yeah. Exciting month here in Peoria <laughs> in the beer scene. You know, we got to get this uh, get this place bumping. Uh, you know, maybe have a, a big anniversary beer, anniversary podcast. We can throw a big party. Uh, whatever you guys want to do. And uh, Go ahead, Nick. I'm not going to clean any more vessels, but... Uh, <laughs> Sounds like another collaboration opportunity to me. <laughs> I kind of put you guys on the spot, so I thought I'd help I've you I've got a lot more stuff for you guys to clean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was PJ's favorite day in the brewery. I was ever. just going like, to say, I think PJ had the most fun that day. When collabs come in, because they do all the cleaning. Yeah. And, man, we had, you know, five of us technically for the day, and to do that as a two-man job or even one, you guys said you occasionally do that is a heck of a lot of work so uh but we did enjoy some good beers that day we did enjoy some good cheers beers. to these good beers that you guys are making with uh one two-man batches that's oh yeah pretty pretty awesome yeah that's uh yeah and i think even uh, nick you had to fly solo i popped in here that one day uh, to drink the did we just become best friends and i think you were you were going at it solo man yeah uh you know we do what we can me and pj both work other jobs so you know i um a lot of, it's, it's hard to, to, to come up with the proper brew schedule a lot of time, so we do what we can when we can. Yeah. So I was just going to say, so we've got uh, three months till the one-year anniversary. Uh, um, yeah. In the meantime, there's quite a few big beers, and I say big meaning heavy ABV and big stouts coming out as far as releases go because it's that time of year. Yep. So what are you, <coughs> stout uh, season. What are stout you getting season. ready for, Evan? What are you excited for? Um. You know, I, I, since I just ran the half marathon, I haven't been drinking a whole lot of my cellar and stuff for the past, you know, couple of weeks trying to build up to, you know, a respectable um, training preparation for that. So I'm ready to start dipping into the cellar a bit, to be quite honest. But you've got Distills Dos Vidania Day coming up on December 1st. I think that's always a popular event. Ryan, we went last year. You going, Luke? Not currently, no, no, no. But I can make that happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun event. I think their big variant this year probably is the toasted coconut, which we had last year. They didn't bottle, and it was very it was good, terrific. Um, what else? What else is coming out? Well, today's a, a sad day for me because Goose Island's Proprietors Day tickets were That's announced right. oh. or emailed out to the winners at uh, about four fifty p.m. and uh, you did I did not get an email, so I believe I'm a sad loser. Uh, we were supposed to get the emails Bomber, at 4, dude. and then uh, I was on a conference call to about 4.30, and so I checked my email. I had nothing. I looked on Facebook, and a bunch of people said, well, no emails have come out yet, so uh, there's still time. And I, just I got you. my hopes up really high. You're by your phone, crossing then, your fingers, uh, biting your lip. About 20 minutes yeah. of just desperation. And, uh-huh. and now he has to go eat a, t- uh, a little pint of Haagen-Dazs when he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but Goose Island's Bourbon County obviously is a big deal around here, so I figured I'd mention that. And they kind of do a, a preview release and whatnot of their proprietor's stout. Um, yep. I think it's November 11th is the day where I think you uh, are correct. people that do win tickets get two bottles of that. This year, um, it's only, I think, a cocoa nibs and and dark chocolate or something. It's, it's just like an extra chocolatey uh, version of the Bourbon County, so it's nothing over the top for the proprietor's uh, version, which is basically Bourbon County does a special release just for Chicago, and they call it proprietors. Usually it's focused on coconut. Uh, they done one year they did with maple syrup. Uh, they've done one with um, some spicy peppers. And the Bananas and Fosters one. last year one. was with uh, cinnamon and banana, banana Fosters. It's like a Bananas Fosters. Sick. Uh, so, uh, so November 11th, people get two bottles of that, and then uh, they get to try, I think, all of the Bourbon County lineup this year. So it's a couple weeks early before everyone else gets to go chase bottles around the state of Illinois and uh, definitely other places around the Midwest and the U.S. for the most part now, depending on what cities get it and what variants get it. Yeah, don't give up your honey hole. Around, don't give up your honey hole. That 
Black Friday after Thanksgiving is a big day for the beer yeah. chasers. You go there every every. Not to not to Goose Island, no. Oh, okay. I usually go to the High V up the street for me. That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Opens in the morning and see what I can get there, and that's about it. But, uh, you know, two years—I guess it was three years ago now—where when they released the uh, the 2015 rare, oh, Friar okay. Tuck had a line at about 6 a.m. Oh my! And they only had I think 24 bottles, so it was like 24 people were in line by 7 a.m. or so, and. Oh. Uh, and yeah. then the, the 25th person was told, hey, you can get everything else, but not the one that everyone's waiting for. So it's wow. fun, but it's, uh, they, they have a lot of limited stuff. So You have, you have a lot of dedication. But I, then just I, around the Midwest, I mean, there's all sorts of different you know, beer festivals. We just finished Great American Beer Fest and Fobab's coming up. Fobab's um, coming up. You know, big uh, beer festival and competition as well. Where is that? Do. That's in Chicago. Okay. I think it's at the... UIC Pavilion or uh, their convention center is usually where they do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's another great event where we were talking about earlier. Just you try, there's a few big hitters that are big on the hype train, but then the rest of the beers, you kind of walk around, you try something, and you always find some really, really special stuff that uh, that you'd never heard of before. Yep. Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't know what else. Uh, you know, it's going to get really hectic here because pretty soon it's going to be Halloween. It's going to be Thanksgiving, and uh, then you'll get your bourbon counties, and then it'll be Christmas, and then it's, you know, it's January. It's going to go fast. That's right. So um, get out there, get some good beers, drink some good beers. Um, those are probably some of the biggest kind of highlights that we would, we would know about. I don't know of any local festivals coming up here in Peoria. I know the Fox Pub just did Fox uh, Pub just Fall did Fest. Um, thankfully I didn't have to run 13.1 miles in the rain on Sunday morning, which Nick, you were doing a relay. I was like terrified. I was going to have to be in the soaking rain. (laughs) Didn't rain a drop downtown. So, um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a very, very busy fall and start digging into the cellar is what I want to do. If I, if I just may, you may for the listeners that you you potentially have never met Evan and or Ryan, (laughs) Avid runners, but probably collective 8% body fat between oh, no. both of you. No, not okay. since I've drank craft beer. And you, you would think, hey, listen, these guys drink a lot of beer. They freaking, they're, you know, my stomach's an eight. I don't know. people. The rest of my body might be <laughs> definitely Very a couple more. Very fit young men getting it done while for the, drinking good beer. For the listeners, I have their body fat. <laughs> PJ, <laughs> love that guy. <laughs> I, well, so I'm, 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 so I'm with ahead, you Evan. all that can't run. <laughs> What's up? Part two after we've uh, had three or four great bearded owl beers and then a few stouts. So here we go, <laughs> interrupting each other. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that, uh, so Luke, you're a big fan of uh, the stout. So what are some of your favorites and, and ones that you've had? And sure, sure. So in addition to the Bourbon County Stout, and I've been the benefactor of that a couple times, you know, when we've, you know, drank beers together. But I, I really like Samuel Smith's Chocolate Stout. I, you know, locally, for whatever reason, it's very, very available at a lot of bars and restaurants i i actually drink that a decent amount as a sort of a dessert beer absolutely love it very very smooth in fact i've had one i'm like shoot we ain't gotta leave yet you know let me get another you know they're (laughs) that good so i really like that one and and this is uh not quite a stout but i think seasonal in the in the sense that uh i do like uh pumpkin and tier southern tier there you go upstate new york i forget where uh where that was from but really really good and um something that you know my wife isn't one to really dip her toes into beer at all but she does in fact like that one and um was something that given you know the change of colors and 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 the temperature and what have you um pumpkin is is one that is super super good and and i would recommend a number of people who are listening are you letting him do his ideal four pack is that what you're trying to do well i thought we were going to end with that unless yeah. we're uh, we're getting close i was just going to say that the samuel smith chocolate stout that was one that we i don't know if we mentioned it on the beer 101 or 102 but evan and kyle and i when we were talking about beers for that uh the samuel smith came up because oh, yeah. it's definitely considered a little bit more of your classic style it's been around for 
centuries, I believe, or close to. Um, and it is it is terrific. Yeah, it is yeah, great. I freaking is, love it, man. It is one it. of those that uh, really, beer. really has. It doesn't matter how craft beer evolves, and that's one that's going to be around forever. I sure, mean, it's yeah. really a great beer. Well, I will, yeah, that. we we need to get we need to get his uh, ideal four pack. It's time for ideal four pack. And this, you know, again, rules are there are no rules. If it's a particular exact beer that you want to name, or if it's just a uh, style you want to name, that's fine. Sure, sure. I'm going to put myself in the in the setting of a four pack, right? This is like you got literally hours to live. What are you drinking? Type of thing. Yep. Love Fair. It. Love Fair. it. So number one, and and well known if if you are from the Midwest, but it's Zombie Dust. <laughs> Right, okay, nice. Three Floyds, right, Munster, Indiana. Really Absolutely. delicious. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's an APA, not an Correct. IPA. That's Correct. what they call it. Okay, yep. okay, very good. So, Zombie Dust, number one. I'm, a, I'm big on that. Um, again, because of my association with with Ryan and drinking from his fridge from from time to time, Heady Topper from Ooh. Alchemist. Just <laughs> um, Vermont. The pioneers of the hazy IPA. Actually, they're not Stowe. They're in the, ta- the neighboring town. Stowe, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Very, very good. And, and, again, I've only had it a handful the of times. The first hazy IPA. Really awesome. Yeah. And they never brewed it. They just they just brewed it because they wanted it to taste a particular way, and it just ended up being hazy. And right. then it just kind of it's just, created its own style. Yeah. Kind of created its own style. Uh, number three is a little bit of a wrinkle. I'm not certain if many people have had this. Maybe Ryan and I have, but this is a Senor Cezanne from Coronado Brewing. Oh, yeah. And this San is San Diego. A, yes. And and it's a uh, like a jalapeno Ooh, thing. Cezanne? I love that. That they put in the Cezanne. And oh my goodness. That'd be uh, terrific. I'm telling That's a good you. Idea. Flavor Town, man. It is really good. <laughs> Take it's me to Flavor really Town. good. Uh, so from time to time, they'll have that at Hy-Vee um, nice. locally here, and, I, and I'll get into that. And then the last is, uh, it would be a stout. I've had this only a couple of times, but I freaking love them. And it's uh, KBS uh, from Founders. Definitely. Love so Founders. it's just a really, really nice stout and something that, you know, again, your time's ticking away. You're gonna, <laughs> you get you a stout a good for dessert, brother. Get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what does it say? The highly acclaimed Kentucky breakfast stout. Is I that what so. it says on the, the the bottle? That's right. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you ever want to go to Beer Town USA, Beer City USA, uh, we've talked about Grand Rapids a lot, but Founders is a great place. Great food. Kids loved it. Uh, they love the grilled cheese. They love the pretzels. So we had a lot of fun heading up to Founders. Always an easy stop for lunch on your way up to uh, up north, northern Michigan. It's right off the highway, if I remember right. Um, it's close enough. It's totally doable. You know, you're talking about uh, Grand Rapids. Not, you know, it's easy to get to. And then Hopcat, which is that we've talked about that beer bar near door uh, nearby, which is really good too. So Grand Rapids, we gotta go, Luke. Well rounded. How that go? How did that shake out? I, in relation to your other four packs that you've heard, mine would probably usually consist of pretty close to that, like a couple of pale ale IPAs, and yeah. then like a, I was gonna say most a saison of style and a stout. A balance of yeah, pale no, ale, like, sour saison style. I just want to sure. secure my invitation back. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, anytime, anytime. And you made good choices too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't say like. Um, Oh, I don't know. You know, Blue Moon or something with an orange. Please put an orange in it. I won't have it if it doesn't have an orange. Shape of light. <laughs> well, we've we've talked a lot about how just we like varieties and whatnot and just kind of different beers at, at different times and all of that. And, and Luke's four-pack was a good mix of, of the different types of beers. And we've also mentioned just uh, not in person, but how Bearded Owl keeps almost all the colors of the spectrum or just so many different styles here that it's great. So when you come in here, if you like beer any bit whatsoever, you're going to find something you like. And so I was just kind of going through the menu, and and uh, I'll do the best I can from, from light to dark, but there's a, a, a tea and lemon sour. There's a Brute Dry IPA. Um, there's two different New England IPAs. There's a Milkshake IPA. There's a Fruited Sour. And then um, there's Dunkle, a Dunkelweizen. Dunkelweizen. 
an American stout and then a coconut stout. And so that's what they have on draft right now. And so, I mean, that goes from light to dark really quick and kind of just speaks the truth since we're here in person and, and we always yeah. talk about it, that there's really something for everybody. It's just great. We focus on that, honestly. I mean, we, we're really happy with our lineup right now. It's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's a nice mixture of a lot of things, but it's going to get dark real quick. <laughs> it's Perfect. Uh, yeah, winter ales I mean, are coming. Winter, winter ales coming. are coming. Um, <laughs> yes. No, we're we're going to – I mean, I don't want to say phase out, but there's going to be, you know, some of the things that we did in the summer that we're not going to do in the winter and, and so on. So, you know, some stout's coming. Some, some, we're, we're doing a dark saison that we're really excited about. Um, I'm really excited about our, our lineup coming up. We're doing a peach pie sour coming up i told uh, evan about uh, it's yeah. on the it's a collaboration with uh with thrushwood farms out of galesburg okay. um, nice. they're actually making a snack stick to complement the beer so next level um, yeah <laughs> next level shit going next on. level nice is this a um <laughs> as long as we don't as long as we don't get like the um the explicit rating on itunes we're good <laughs> and i think you have a lot of, you have to have a lot of swears on there for that no, but I would agree. Your lineup right now is well, kind of one well, of my Evan, favorites. Well, Evan, what you can do is um, anytime someone swears on the podcast, you can uh, replace it with blueberry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mark will hate that. <laughs> and our yeah. listeners will just start to understand. Yeah, they'll understand that the swear inside word, joke. And, uh, It's a funny, uh, funny. And Mark will out. not appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cheers, guys. Luke, thanks for joining us. Salud, gentlemen. Uh, all right. And then Nick and PJ, once again, thanks, thanks for having Bearded us Owl. down. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for coming out. And yeah. thanks for the collab. Thanks, guys. Always a good time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.